Yoda, Tara, welcome, good morning. Welcome to Aspen Scam Busters. Here we are, another Saturday morning. We are together again, and we have uh, probably two episodes worth of things to discuss today. Uh, it was an eventful week, Steve. Welcome this morning. Hey, man, how are you? Um, yeah, eventful as always. <laughs> I think we I think typically get to about, if we're lucky, Tuesday. And, and, you know, after doing these shows on a Saturday, I reckon we, we, we typically get to about Monday or Tuesday. And at that point, I'm like, one of us will be messaging the other saying, yep, well, that's, yep, well, that's the main story this week then. Um, it doesn't tend to take very long. <laughs> no, nope. no shortage of things to discuss in the, uh, in the scammy world of NFTs. And, you know, this week um, we have really, again, too much to cover. We're going to talk about the we and we touched about this previously, the listing exploit on OpenSea and a couple people getting burned by that. Steve, why don't you set up um, what we discussed in the previous episode, how it works, and then we'll talk through what's happened this week. Yeah, well, th- that was the craziest thing, man, because obviously the, the biggest story this week by far uh, in the entire NFT space was the, the listings exploit on OpenSea. And the, for me, the craziest thing was when I first, I think the first message, I'm, I'm looking at all of these tweets that I curated onto our, our shared document. I think the first person who had tweeted, that I, I, I saw a tweet about it, was Grateful Ape. And the first thing that I thought when I read it was, this again? And it's crazy because I remember last year this coming up as an issue. I remember it... It wasn't quite the same. Obviously, what, what underpins a lot of what's happened this week has been to do with people switching assets between wallets to try and avoid paying delisting fees. But I remember there were issues. There were definitely cases last year as early, you know, as far back as probably like September, possibly even earlier, where people had maybe sold an asset and then bought it back. Uh, and then uh, it, that had reactivated an old listing, um, especially the case. I actually think it was the case with one of the uh, um, the ERC one one five five tokens. You know, something like um, the uh, the bring your own keys from the bring your own pills team, where you know there is, uh, according to OpenSea, there is one asset and there's ten thousand copies of it because you know it, it's a different type of token and so you might list one sell it and then buy another one back when a price changes uh, and that reactivates uh an old listing uh, it, it you know it, your your wallet thinks that you've got it back again and it was interesting to me to see this story absolutely blow up and then see the mass of exploits on top of it um when this wasn't news you know, to me, this this wasn't this wasn't something that we only learned about this week. This was something that one hundred percent happened multiple times last year. But the difference was this time someone lost something super valuable, and that snowballed very quickly. And whilst you know this this you know this is a you know it's a 
it's a development issue in terms of how OpenSea works is not necessarily a scam. What happened then was scammers quickly smelt blood in the water, descended on mass and started setting up bots that would pick these off the second they become available. Yeah, more of an exploit than a scam, I think, is the way to describe this. And, and you know, uh, I had my own personal encounter with this back in the summer with the CryptoFunks. The CryptoFunks, if you remember, were a delisted collection off of OpenSea. It was struck down by a DCMA because the uh, Larva Labs and the people that own CryptoPunks said it had to be taken down. From there, I had had an old listing that was previously posted on OpenSea. And someone found out through Genie that it was uh, it was the the listing was never actually canceled. It was just removed off the website, but the, the on the smart contract it was available. So me and thirty six others uh, got our shit purchased for a really small amount of money. Um, but but these sort of I mean I think like zooming out, OpenSea has not had a great week this week, and I know we say that pretty much every week, but I think it, it's worth mentioning again that. This was not their finest moment, and I'm not just even talking about the exploits. I'm sure we'll get into the collector cap here at some point um, because it was it was not a good week. But, I mean, yeah, imagine losing a, a piece of digital property that's that valuable uh, just because someone, you know, has an exploit on their website. And we're not talking about $20. We're talking about no. some things that are, are extremely, extremely valuable. For real, man, one of the guys in my WhatsApp group lost an eight that was worth a quarter of a million dollars. Um, now obviously in the, in the last, I think 24 hours, the, uh, the, the story or, or might be slightly longer now, but I think it was yesterday anyway, that the story broke that, uh, OpenSea have spent $1.8 million apparently reimbursing users for that were affected by this quite how they're deciding, you know, what value something was actually worth. I'm not sure. Um, and a fair play to them, you know, you've got to give them credit for actually putting their hands in their pockets and, and trying to fix this mess, especially after they made it worse. <laughs> as, I mean, you know, but, but as do you, do you have the to give... Way when he, when he, he followed the advice that they emailed to him, and rather than losing his mutant for something like 12, if he, or, or, or similar, he ended up losing it for about three. It's cra- I mean, I don't know. It, it's sort of like, uh, here's a good way to put it. If I wash the dishes, my wife is not going to give me a medal of honor for doing that. It's just part of living in the house. There's nothing honorable or amazing about the fact that I chose to clean. And similarly, I don't see like, wow, they reached in. They should reach into their damn pockets. Like what what other option is there? Your exploit allowed someone to lose something extremely valuable. Like you should make them whole. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that it isn't good that they did this for people. It is. But it's kind of the minimum expectation. It's like if you crash into someone, there's something that happens to make the other person whole in your car and insurance and all of this. So I'm with you. And and uh, there were some issues. Can you explain how uh, Lupify talks about this with Rarible, too? What what was yeah. the issue there? Yeah, well, yeah, th- this was um, this is obviously related to something that we've talked about multiple times. Uh, about you know listings on rareable you know underpinning all of this is this mass misconception that these platforms rareable looks rare open sea cargo whatever you're using 
that these are, you know, that this is where these assets are stored. You know, they're not. They're just shop. They're just shop fronts. They they are <coughs> they are showing you what is in your wallet, what is on chain. And uh, we've obviously talked in the past multiple times about issues where assets have been, you know, listed on Rarible that have been blocked on OpenSea because they, they've they been stolen or something. And, um, yeah, no, Lupify pointed out, I think he was the first one to point out that, that the the OpenSea listing exploit, people were uh, being able to find old orders, uh, old uh, listings via Rarible and then doing the same trick. Um, and <laughs> eventually, obviously, OpenSea responded by sending out that email saying, uh, everybody who's got an old listing, you need to fix it by doing this. They didn't make the instructions very clear, as as Dingling's very, very urgently pointed out. You know, if you follow their instructions to the T, you're going to lose your stuff because they did not make it clear that uh, if you transferred the asset back to the wallet and then just started deleting listings, it would essentially unlock previous, even lower listings, uh, and potentially cause you to lose even more, as, as uh, the artist Swarfchan uh, from Mitsuki went on to uh, to uh, to explain what happened to him. You have to excuse me one second. My cat wants to get back in the house. Please take care of your cat, Steve. This is uh, of critical importance. No, I, you know, I think that in the world of comms, when you're someone who, for part of your job, you have to write and communicate outwardly to another group of people, there is no bigger condemnation than minutes after sending one email having to send another email that explains your first email. And that's that's sort of exactly what happened with this OpenSea listing email. They sent one, and I read it, and I looked, I checked my wallet, I checked my listings and my activity, and then moments later they sent another one, which is like sort of the kiss of death if you write communication for people yep. if you have to follow up immediately. Yeah, pretty much. And, and then obviously we... Um... We saw the, the the bad week for OpenSea compounded with the with the sudden decision to uh, to limit the number of collections and items that creators uh, could uh, could mint directly onto the OpenSea platform. Now the irony here was the logic behind it was related to scams. Was the fact that such high volume of collections being created on OpenSea are just scam collections. They're fake collections. And so their logic was, oh, well, if we just limit how many collections you can have, then that will stop our problem with scams, which is, a, you know, obviously proved to be incredibly unpopular with the actual creators, your creators using the platform and probably led to, you know, numerous. I, I saw people like, you know, Eddie Gangland and people like that basically saying, I'm, I'm, I'm done now. I can't be bothered with this anymore. You know, bring on Coinbase. So they probably burnt a few bridges there, despite the fact that 24 hours later they were triumphantly uh, announcing, we've changed our minds. You know, we're not going to do this now. We've listened to you after we announced it, which, again, as you said, is, is ridiculous communications. But the, the, the concept that they recognize that they've got a lot of fake collections and therefore by limiting how many collections a wallet can create on their platform would stop this problem is absolute nonsense because if you are the type of person that is creating scam collections on OpenSea and you suddenly reach some cap that's been set on you, you just open another wallet and you start again. 
and over and over and over yeah. again. And you it now you spread out the users. The you've, created, you've created like 10 times the users posting scammy stuff. And instead of having it, yeah, there's less uh, accounts or there's more accounts and, and uh, these clusters are just going to get spread out. Like, it, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm looking right now. OpenSea has a $13.3 billion valuation. They raised $300 million. I'm going to make it public right now for $299,990,000. I, I will go ahead and fix this for you. So just get I'll, – I'll do $1 million cheaper than the valuation they have because this company does not function like a company that has a, a round of $300 million behind it. It, it. it still baffles me. There is an office. I, I, I spend some time in a co-working space, and there is an office here where I never see anyone come in and out of. But there's two people in there, and I sort of wonder if that's OpenCHQ. If it's just these two <laughs> people who are working to, to create this product. And, yeah, it, it was really a rough week for them. And the, the, the sort of fallout from the collector, uh, the collectors being limited, that, that was, I think, felt around the world. I, I've, I talked, I see uh, Mel is in here, uh, and I, I spoke with her, and she was trying to figure out what her next move was going to be if they capped it at 50. And it ended up really hurting the smaller artists who are looking to start their collections more than it did anything else. Oh, yeah, for sure. But what it reeked of, as always with OpenSea, was laziness. Because what they need to do to stop all of these scam collections is actually respond to all of the sport requests that people put in and they don't reply to for months. They need to hire a team that is dealing. You know, it, it doesn't take rocket science for me to know, uh, all right, I've got, what's a big collection launching in the next few days? I've got uh, Monster 8 Club launching tomorrow. There's probably going to be two or three fake Monster Ape Club collections. And I don't need that blue tick to know which is the real one because one of them's got 10,000 in it and the other's, other's got 12. So why not? And you can even check the contract, you know, click on it, check the contract on e scan. You know, you're on the real, the real collection. So why have OpenSea not got somebody there shutting them down live? Why? They, I don't they do. They have people in this office next to me. I'm sure of it. They just, I don't know what they're working. They might be working on verifying crypto mores. That might be what they're doing right now. And they, <laughs> they, they're still working through. How, how much ETH has, has crypto mores traded at this point, Steve? And they're still not verified? Uh, it's, yeah, we're, we're on tens of thousands at this point, I think. It's unbelievable. Well, okay, we should give up and see a break. We can always come back to that later, right? The likelihood is that we probably will. Um, I'm putting into the uh, space the the dingling response with the communication sent back to back of uh, within minutes uh, relating to this issue. But let's talk about the looks rare. You know, let's let's move off of OpenSea and let's move to looks rare. And obviously, this is not a condemnation of uh, of looks rare, but this is a scam that we've been talking about since we started Aspen Scambusters, and it's just there's now a new sort of target to attach it to. So why don't you set up the Google search scam, Steve? Yeah, again, you know, we, we've talked about this before, the fact that there, uh, these old scams will be recycled. They will come back. And I remember oh, easily March last year, possibly even earlier. It's one of the very first times I kind of gave somebody advice about 
uh, avoiding scams in this space and, you know, and lent heavily onto my background in, in working in education and working in ed tech and, and, uh, and teaching online safety. And I, because I remember somebody had been scammed because they had searched for OpenSea. They were already, you know, already had a wallet, had already used OpenSea before uh, and were of that old school mentality that if I'm on a web browser and I want to go to a website, I first have to go to Google. I can't just type the site that I've been in previously into what Google still referred to as the Omnibar, the, you know, the URL part at the top, and, and it will remember you know, the sites. as I'm on it now. As I type in O, the first thing it throws at me is OpenSea because it knows I've been there recently. Um, and, uh, yeah, somebody had Googled OpenSea and then just clicked blindly on the first link that had come up, uh, and it you know, wasn't the real OpenSea and it then asked them to log into their wallets and cleaned out. Bada their bing, wallet. bada boom. The rest is bada bing, bada boom. Exactly. And, and of course, so now looks rare is the hot new platform. A couple of weeks in, it's doing really, really well. And obviously they have capitalized quite heavily on the mess that OpenSea have made this week. Um, and yeah, there was a, a story that came out just a couple of days ago. I'm trying to see if I've still got it open. I think it was Franklin. No, I got yeah. it pulled in. It's pulled into the uh, space. Yeah, now. Franklin shared it. Um, so you can see, if you see the tweet that Jeremy shared at the top of the space here, you can see uh, fake looks rare sites. And if you look closely to where he's highlighted it, it's got that extra letter, that L, slipped in the middle of looks rare. Um, what's interesting about this, and this is the exact same trick that was used uh, a, almost a year ago with the OpenSea version, is that it's an ad. So for those that don't know, when you search for something on uh, on Google, say, for example, I type in, because uh, my dog's by my feet, let's type in pet grooming. Um, what's going to happen is it's going to return uh, th that search, and I've got 510 million results. But the top one, two, three, four, four of those have the word ad next to it. And basically what that means is they've paid to be at the top. When there's 510 million results, uh, and bear in mind, Google's using geolocation to try and place where I am and try and find you know companies, pet grooming companies that are, are local to me, it's, it's quite hard to get, especially a small business, off the ground. So people pay Google to, to be at the top. Um, Google obviously get a lot of ads, and it's surprisingly easy to slip bogus links through uh, into Google ads if you put enough money behind it. So what you're looking at there in, in the screenshots that Franklin's shared, uh, as you can see, it says ad. So this scam, they have paid for that link to appear at the top so that when someone searches, it's the first thing that comes in. And if you are you know, not paying attention, you're going to go, oh, that must be it. You're going to click on it. You look at the second screenshot. They've mocked up the interface. You would be shocked how easy it is to complete, uh, create a convincing copy of a website. And, and that uh, can happen, Steve. Cloning a website and making it look identical can take like four or five minutes, right? Literally minutes, yeah, literally minutes. Um, if, if, you know, well, we're not even talking about using some sort of app to, to you know, create a copy-paste version of it. You can just copy the code if you can get into it and essentially... Uh, yeah, create a, a copy outright. I used to teach this to kids, man. We, I used to teach kids how easy it was to do this. I once went on to uh, the school that I used to work at for a number of years. 
I once went onto uh, our school website and uh, created a clone of it and then put in a fake announcement that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was going to be the new headmaster and had his picture on it and everything on the school site uh, and then, you know, just left the site up on, on, the, on the screen. The only thing that was different was the URL. Left the site up on the screen as the, uh, screen as, the, as, the as these year, I think, like, year sevens or year eights, you know, so sort of 12, 13-year-old kids came into the class. It was like, guys, have you, did you hear this this morning? And they were like, no, what? I was like, look, at the, you're not seeing this on the website. And they were like, what? I was like, The Rock, he's going to be the new headmaster. And it, it's obviously some of them were like, nah, that can't be right. But you could see the looks on some of their faces and the look screened. It's, it's online. It must be real. It's on our website. It must be real. Um, and Steve, let's stay here again, because one of the uh, we're, we are creating the Ten Commandments of Scambusters, and I'll review them very briefly for everyone. We're up to three. Number one is nothing good happens in a Discord DM. Number two, if it sounds too good be, to be true, it probably is. And number three is don't do serious business on your phone. And this is another one where if you're doing a phone Google search, you can easily fat finger that website and yeah. or, or not notice a clone site because you're only looking at the mobile optimized version and you could really make a big mistake here. Indeed. And, and to be honest, man, if, you, if you're working from a PC and you have got some sort of, uh, you know, Internet security software running, you know, a Kaspersky or something like that, uh, there are packages now that will they'll throw flags up at you if you click on these sites that look like phishing sites, you know, that they look that there's something there that, you know, that sets off alarm bells. But the biggest alarm bell is in that fourth and final screenshot that Franklin shared, because obviously what they're after here is, is the contents of your wallet and it's asking you to log in with your seed phrase at no point ever, 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 Will any website need your seed phrase? Not at all. Nothing. Not for a raffle. Not to mint. Not to buy. Not to sell. Not for anything. Never, ever, ever will you need to share your seed phrase with anyone. If you are ever asked for your seed phrase for any reason whatsoever, whether it's called a seed phrase, a secret phrase, word string, whatever. Secret recovery, password. Recovery, whatever. password. And if you are asked for that, it is a scam. 100% of the time, nobody needs to know that. In the same way that you would never, ever, ever tell someone your PIN, PIN number to the point that even if you do phone banking, they will openly tell you, don't tell me your PIN number. And if you accidentally tell them over the, uh, on uh, phone banking your PIN number, they will say, you have to now change your PIN number. I'm going to have to automatically push you through to change your PIN number because I now know your PIN number. Nobody should ever know your PIN number for your bank account. Nobody should ever know your seed phrase for, for your crypto wallet. It is that simple. Congratulations, Steve. You've now made commandment number four. It's got to be, isn't it? Thou shall not share seed phrase ever with anyone. Dude, I, I, I think you reorder them. It's got to be number one. It's got to be number one. Oh, no. We'll do an ordering at the end. Let's let the oh, whole okay, perfect, flesh perfect. out, and then we can do a whole uh, scam busters where we rank and order them and argue with each other on on w and where they go. But, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, it, and, yeah, th that's that's a good point, that if, if you don't notice the clone site, if you don't notice the bad link with the ad, at a minimum, try to – if they ask you for your seed phrase, yeah. 
the scam alarm should go off quite loudly for you. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it, and, and again, this is like these things, what we're noticing too, is that these things are happening in cycles. Like this was a very much a March, April scam. And I, I want to say one of the first NFT episodes we did on scams included this one, Steve, is that right? And that was maybe, that was maybe June. Yeah, probably, man. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that was something that we talked about. Well, listen, let's come up for air. Let's invite anyone up to the stage who either has something they want to share or they have something they want to ask. Uh, we have a good room in here right now. Lots of friendly and familiar faces. So uh, come on up if there's something you want to ask about or something you've heard about. You want to ask a question. Um, we'd love to have you come up. Uh, in the meantime, Steve, let's talk about the Ella Orton uh, Twitter until someone requests to come up and ask some questions and engage with us here. I'll tell you what, man. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reorder the stuff that we've got in our doc because I can see there's there's a nice little middle one between three of these stories here. Um, so let me first talk about the the coin bureau thing because you know as long as we've been doing this, the two main platforms that we've been talking about where scams have been taking place have been Discord and Twitter. Um, <clears throat> well, I had three. Let's say three because obviously OpenSea as well. But what's interesting is uh, you're starting to see some now on YouTube. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about this scam that came up where someone started sharing through Discord uh, links to a YouTube video. And it was a legit YouTube link that was recycling old footage of Gary V and pretending that it was new live footage. It was pretend it was a live stream. It was pretending it was live footage, pretending it was him announcing that he had teamed up with Board 8 Yacht Club and was dropping 10,000, or no, 10 million, giving away $10 million worth of apes. And here was the link, like, embedded on this fake live stream. Um, and that was the first time I'd really seen a, a big-time scam pushed towards YouTube. And, you know... I worry that YouTube is more vulnerable than some of these other places. And again, it's that same thing we were talking about just now with the, with the clone sites is that people and especially younger people believe what they see on YouTube. So one of the biggest crypto channels, uh, and one of the best, in my opinion, crypto channels that you can watch on YouTube is the Coin Bureau with, uh, with Guy. Uh, British guy, really funny, but very, very knowledgeable. And so he makes the content really, really, really uh, super accessible. Um, I'm subscribed to him. I get his videos fed through to, to, you know, to me through notifications. So this week, all of a sudden, this video gets pushed to me. And I'm like, this, this isn't real. This can't be real because, the, you know, the, there was nothing to it. And, you know, guys' videos always start in the same way. It always starts with him kind of, teleporting on into the the shot in front of like some sort of green screen and then he he does some sort of skit about how he's not a financial advisor uh his uh his borat one being a, a particular highlight from the end of last year so anyway turned out and i'm reading now from from guy's tweet it says so our youtube channel was just hacked i've absolutely no idea how this happened all accounts are secured with ultra strong passwords and google security keys youtube creators is a serious problem um which other people are experiencing as well, please fix. Um, and then he says, if you follow down that thread, he says, for everyone's reference, this was the scam that was one, one world cryptocurrency. Um, he still, you know, he doesn't know how they got access to, uh, to his account or to the, to the uh, Coin Bureau's account. 
but they got access. They obviously had the video prepared. Bang, it was up there. And people are subscribed, you know, to channels. The, the, the Coin Bureau's got, let me just zoom in here, 1.9 million subscribers. And if you've got that bell, as they always tell you on YouTube, if you've got that bell icon ticked so you get notifications, that means that, like me, the second that that video is posted, you've got a little ding on your on your device. And uh, again, we're, we're dealing with the, the people that have done this will have known that, that this would get pulled. But they also knew that 1.9 million people subscribe to the Coin Bureau. And if only 1% of those people saw this, thought it was like some uh, legit release and clicked on it, you know, they would still be... Uh, very much quids in, as, as they say in the UK. They would be making a lot of stolen profit. Um, and what's interesting is there seems to be more of a target on uh, content creators right now. And I think that this might be a, unfortunately, be a trend that we see continuing in the, uh, in the foreseeable future because people, uh, scammers are starting to realize that they've got automatic access to massive audiences if they can access uh, someone's YouTube. And I think what we might start to see is uh, more fake uh, YouTube channels that potentially do something like we saw with the Gary V footage, you know, recycle old footage and try and make it and pass it off like something that it's not. Um, and, and also seeing the people that are involved with these videos having their content, uh, having their uh, personas cloned. We already talked last week about Alex Becker, another big crypto YouTuber, having his um, having his ongoing issue on Twitter where there's uh, a fake Alex Becker who replies to anybody he talks to and tries to get them into DMs. There's another uh, a young guy that uh, has a, a, a nice uh, crypto channel called Matt, uh, Matt Cabuzio, I think he's CEO, I think his surname is. Uh, is the guy behind the NFT HUD uh, project that launched recently. Um, and I actually just watched Matt's most recent video this morning, or it might have been late last night. And he was talking on there about the fact that uh, there are so many clones of his account on Twitter right now. And in fact, if you type in Matt's crypto in Twitter right now, there are one, two, three, four, five identical avatars staring at me right now. There's the real one. And then there are five misspellings because he has quite an unusual surname Cobuzio. so these clones these four clones have just changed the spelling on his surname um but you know is... steve steve this is the very uh, again like when we we deconstruct social engineering you you have to create an illusion for people that, that the whole thing is making people feel something strongly in a rush and 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 then and then engineering the moment and engineering the information to make someone think think that something is too good to be true in many instances, yeah. or or something they need to do. And when you think about that, we had covered maybe two or three weeks ago the um, the fake Twitter, uh, the the fake Twitter profiles, or these these quote unquote influencer profiles where yeah. they're just engagement farming. They'll, they'll say things like, you know, I'm giving away a board ape. Retweet this and tag ten people. You know, and all they're doing is engagement farming. These people don't have a board ape. Um, but but it's it's again, if you create these accounts that have these follower lists, you then have a platform to then 
deceive people. And when people click and they see someone has 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube, they're not going to, most people won't question the content that's coming out of that channel. True. The nice thing here is this is the first genuine example I've seen. And Matt mentioned this in the, in the same video uh, of the Twitter verification system paying off because whilst there are five Matt's crypto channels on Twitter right now, only one of them has the Dodge Pound uh, NFT profile picture in a hexagon. That's pretty cool. Uh, That's good. And therefore, I know that that is Matt. Now, what's interesting about this, and this, uh, Jeremy, is why I wanted to shift the order of stuff. Um, what's interesting to me about this is, you know, Matt is, you know, he is an, an upcoming influencer. You know, he's not on that level of uh, the, the Zenicas and that and the beanies with hundreds of thousands of followers. You know, he, Matt's got a very respectable 17.2 thousand followers. Okay. Matt's clone accounts have, well, one of them's got 10.2 thousand followers. And th there's another one with over 7,000 followers and another one with close to 6,000 followers. And this then leads on to the, the story that you uh, referenced, Jeremy, and I said, can we just push that back, uh, which is Ella. So Ella Orton, for those that don't know, um, is, you know, she's another what I would call kind of mid-tier influencer. Uh She's a model. She's a streamer. She actually is, uh, you know, she is partnered with Facebook and live streams on Facebook. She's a bored ape. You know, she's she's uh, very popular in the in the space. Obviously, pretty girl. She's in well into her NFT. She's into her gaming. Uh, she was one of the people that launched one of these DAOs, these kind of simp DAOs in the last few weeks. But fair play to her. She gave almost all of the profits away to charities that dealt with uh, domestic violence. Um, so Ella shared something um, in the week where someone had uh, created a fake account. They just changed the O in her name to a zero. Um, and what struck me, you know, th this person quickly changed the account back and then got kicked off of Twitter. But what was interesting and stood out to me, which is why I shared this story with you, was the fact that this fake account had 11.1 thousand followers. Um, you know, Ella's got a lot more than that. She's got 54,000 followers. But still, it was that 11,000 that stood out to me. And you've seen it then there again with Matt, where one of these fake accounts, well, three of these fake accounts have got more followers than me. Okay. And this is adding to the illusion, guys. This is, it's so easy to spot a fake account. You know, when the fake Zenicas or fake Crypto888 is messaging me, and you click on their page and they've got two followers or 100 followers, you know it's not them. But when the follow account, especially on these accounts that aren't verified, uh, is significantly high, it does add, you know, it feeds the illusion. It feeds that sense of this is the real person. Um, and this is not something that we've really seen, I don't think, too much before. Typically, these accounts are just, you know, they're quickly created. They copy the avatar. They copy the name somehow. They copy the the uh, the banner uh, photo, but they don't have the the followers to back it up. And now what we're seeing is the recycling of old accounts to try and endorse the scam. It, it's a, I mean, it, it's again one of those things where if if you follow the now four sort of things that we've laid out, you can still keep yourself relatively safe. If you're not using your phone uh, to do serious business, if you're 
uh, not giving your seed phrase. You know, you can keep yourself relatively safe, but it's still, again, the social engineering of this really preys on on you to not be paying attention. And uh, I know there's a I, I know people in this in this space, and I know that a number of them have children, and there's no way to focus on anything when you have kids around. So it's it's not hard to imagine a context in which you are a bit distracted. And maybe not being fully attentive to what you're doing and you accidentally, you know, click on a site or connect your wallet unknowingly. And, and Steve, I think like uh, another sort of safety tip that we've been sharing with people, and I think it's, it's worth going to uh, right now, is about the, the disconnect from websites option on MetaMask. Can you sort of set that up real quick and explain to people what they can do on a regular basis to make sure they're not leaving connections open unnecessarily? Yeah, we, we have covered this before, but I do think I agree that it's worth, you know, reiterating this point again and again and again. If you go to, uh, I'll do it right now, if I go to MetaMask, uh, the, the, I'm on my desktop in front of me, uh, go to MetaMask, the, the Chrome extension, click on the little um, vertical ellipsis, the three dots, account options, and then at the bottom of that uh, pop-up menu is connected sites. And that will show you every site that you are still connected to. So, for example, I'll be quite open here. What I've got, I've got uh, the fees WTF platform. I'm still connected to that uh, from where I claimed that airdrop and then staked it. I don't need to be connected to that right now. If I disconnect, which I'm going to click on the little bin, disconnect, it doesn't mean I'm going to lose the assets. It just means the next time I go to that website, I've got to connect again. If I scroll down, I've got certain sites that I'm on regularly, and so I tend to stay connected. Yeah, I mean, people people probably don't realize what a huge digital horse breeder you are, and that there's a lot of time spent, uh, you know, arranging your horse breeding. Uh, I probably am not connected to Zedrun, to be honest. Oh, oh no, actually, I am. Um, but what the the ones that people tend to forget, and the, I'm just as guilty here. I'm looking now is when you connect to a mint site. Um, I'm looking now at sites where I've looked at, you know, sites where uh, you you go to Mint and then you don't disconnect from that site. Now, this is not to say that the teams behind these projects are going to secretly invade your wallets, but it's always going to be safer to disconnect from well, these. Where this came up for me, Steve, is I purchased a Nifty League DGen yesterday. Are you familiar with that project? No. Nope. So oh, is it your profile picture? Yeah, yeah, it's my profile picture. But what it is is you can play as your NFT in in like this Smash Brothers eight bit game. Oh, I did and see something about that. Yeah, it's yeah. really really fun, and so you can earn their token uh, depending on how well you play in the match. But it's 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 play and earn. They call it versus play to earn. And so I spent a good chunk of time last night with my son. He ended up making. $16 last night. Uh, we woke up this morning and uh, my boss, Casey, let me know that it had gone up and it is deed up to like $22 now. He But the long story short is you have to stay connected to play the game. And we talked about this with play to earn gaming coming and, and with the, the rising tide of this is it's really going to rip for the next, you know, forever. I really think it's going to be sort of the, the parabolic thing in the NFT space. But, you know, last night before I went to bed, I disconnected it. Um, and when I went to check my balance this morning, I had to reconnect it again because I, I'm very keen to realize that that connection every time we're playing has to stay on. Uh, and, and so I think the gaming end of this is going to make this a more required uh, daily habit 
than what it is right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think what would be nice is if MetaMask added a feature that was like a disconnect from all, because you know, I am, I'm, I'm sitting here now. I've probably connected to thirty sites, most of which I don't need to be connected to any time, any, any soon. So I'm having to manually go through. And what's annoying is it's the ones at the bottom of the list that I probably want to disconnect from. And every time you click disconnect, it goes right back to the top of the list and you have to scroll right back down again. And it, it's not hard, but it's annoying. And when something's annoying, people don't want to do it. And when people don't want to do it, they end up forgetting about it. And then you find yourself, you know, two months down the line and you're connected to a thousand sites. Um, <clears throat> and if, you know, if somebody... Um, takes control of one of these sites and uh, you're still connected to it, uh, then exploits could be heading your way. So you are definitely better off being disconnected from as many sites as possible, especially disconnecting from, you know, like I'm, I've disconnected there from uh, Lives of Asuna, which I don't even have a Lives of Asuna, but I, I you know, I try to get into the, to the mint on that. And, and I've found myself connected to their site. I don't need to be connected to that. There are other sites where I've had to, some of the sites, obviously some minting sites will make you connect just to actually see how many are still available, something like that. Um, that type of site, I would always prioritize disconnecting from. And I've become, generally become quite good at it, but it depends, as you said, what, what distractions are, there are around you and what else is going on. Yeah, I mean, with all the beautiful weather that we have in Chicago right now, it's very easy to just, lovingly gaze outside at the uh, warm warm air and forget everything that you were you were supposed to be doing um i listen i we got about 15 minutes left want to invite anyone up to stage that wants to speak share something has a question has a comment um we would love to take a break from speaking and love to allow someone else to speak and and engage with us so if you want to come up just request to speak uh otherwise i'm going to make steve start singing here in the next couple minutes he does uh does a lot of lovely uh, vocal performances around the Dubai area. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, another thing I was thinking about while I'm sitting here is like, we really are talking exclusively about Ethereum, right? Like all the scams that we, we don't really talk about uh, Top Shot very much anymore in terms of scams because the big money has sort of left there and yeah. focus on ETH. But as these other chains get going, we're going to have new vulnerabilities that come up. But, hey, we have someone on stage. Kids Art Projects, good morning. Welcome. I'm going to turn it over to you and uh, you share what's on your mind. How are we doing, guys? Hey, buddy. Um, I haven't talked on Spaces, so it's kind of uh, It's just like talking in real life, man. No worries. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, uh, on Tuesday, uh, we got uh, Spaces going with the Empress Artistry, and there's going to be a – there's a lot of parents and kids there. And I talked to Steve about this. There's a lot of new people coming into the space right now in that, in the, in the kids space. And some of these parents are just, they're really green to this. And I was telling Steve, there was a parent that posted how excited they were about the Polygon airdrops they were getting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, we have another command. Yeah, something like you know, like, I don't remember the the child's name, but it was like you know, like uh, Sarah was so loves looking at the, the all the free stuff that she's been sent in her wallet. And uh, yeah, and need, what we need is we need a, a soundboard for this now that does the Law and Order sound that dun dun every time 
something <laughs> like that comes up because yeah, that is really, really dangerous. But so continue kids are projects like, yeah, you're right. Like the, the, so you have more kids getting involved in the creation space, which means their parents are having to, you know, and, and kids are, we always talk about kids are more digitally native than, than adults are. So, but you know, the, the vulnerability for parents entering this space who maybe aren't too web three familiar, I would imagine is pretty large. Oh yeah. I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an easy thing to get into the NFT space when you first start, but there's a lot of complications with it that you don't, I think, realize when you first start, you know, and I, I, I'm definitely not an expert at it or anything, but I, I think it's something that needs to be brought to these parents' attention, just some of the risks out there. And so I, I was going to talk to him on Tuesday, and I mentioned Scam Busters and Steve's uh, resources he set up on Elvin, and uh, I was trying to think of some topics to talk to him about. And obviously, like, unsolicited DMs is – you never want to mess with those. Um, the Polygon airdrops um, – and yeah, I would say you know, on, on OpenSea, the, the biggest thing that they need to be conscious of is going to be is basically you might as well just tell them just don't go anywhere near. If it's in your hidden folder, you probably don't want it because unless that they've got some high-profile asset that is you know airdropping them something on Poly, uh, there won't be anything in there that is legit. Uh, and if you know if you're in a project and they airdrop you something, and, and you know don't get me wrong, you. Once in a while, you, you get something half-decent dropped on Polygon um, that you do want to unhide. But projects these days, they will tell you in the discords if, if they if they do something like that. They will generally give you some sort of guide as to how to find it and unhide it. Uh, so on OpenSea, I definitely say it's that Discord, is, it's got to be making sure that they understand to, to turn off all DMs um, and, and not to trust anything in DMs. Um, Jeremy, just pivoting slightly, I, I, I forgot to mention, I, I, interesting one earlier on, I don't know if you guys saw, but this uh, Indonesian project dropped earlier on today called Baliverse, really, really nice, uh, art, lo lovely little project from a, from a, an artist from Bali, um, jumps into their server, and um, one of the things that they didn't have set up yet, you know, is verification of assets, you know, and people were saying, you know, is there a, is there a way we can verify as holders? And there wasn't. And of course, as soon as a scammer who was lurking in the background realized, oh, they haven't got a channel to verify assets, a fake collab land link started coming around to everybody saying, verify your assets, click here. Uh, and it was to like collab.game or something instead of collab land. Uh, and obviously collab land doesn't work like that these days. Anyway, it, it works through an integrated button, uh, which takes you straight to the collab land site. You, sh you should never be getting a dm from collabland it's been retired but again it just highlights how quickly and and recently i've noticed if you join any of the big servers you know these projects with 100k plus people in them you literally get a scam email as you enter the server they yeah, have I mean, just statistically the second you get in it's it's because and, and it's to give the appearance that it's coming from them as you've joined um but they've basically got bots sitting watching for the channel that says so-and-so's joined. And the second you're there, bang, they fire one at you. So if anything, that helps me remember to, you know, it reminds me, oh, yeah, I need to turn the DMs off in that server. But for, for as, uh, as, as Kidart's saying, you know, that for the newbies in the space, 
that looks legit. That looks like something that of I need course. to be you, paying you were gifted. To. You were gifted something. And it's just amazing to me that, you know, that, that people figure out spam. Like if it's not the Bed Bath & Beyond coupon to your mailbox or it's not the random email um, soliciting you for a credit card or something, you even got your, your wallet now, like sending you stuff that you haven't asked for and, and potentially don't want. And, and to your point, Steve, like I really feel like if you are um, if you are getting airdrop something in Poly, um, you're probably a bit further along in your, your NFT collecting process. Um, you would know what poly is and, and what the hidden folder is versus like you're new to the space entering and you're getting a bunch of unsolicited stuff sent to you. But that's a really great point. Um, and, and I would say kid art, like very happy to move to a Tuesday night, assuming Steve can join and do one uh, with this group of people sort of uh, impromptu for them, for these parents. Happy to do that. If that's something that's of interest. Uh, yeah, I, I brought it up and I talked to Steve about it. I think it's at a real bad time for him. But uh, yeah, it might. You know, I mean, it might. Yeah, depending on the time. Obviously, time zones and stuff. Obviously, time zones and stuff. It might have to be uh, you rolling with this one without me. But if I can be there, I'm happy to. Yeah, I'd be fine. I'll uh, I'll try to talk with a British accent and throw my voice for half of it, and I'm sure it'll pass off like like you're with me. Well, it's it's Empress Artistry is uh, running it, and it's it's. I think this is the third week of the spaces and there's a lot of parents to tune in and a lot cool, of kids. Very cool. It's really cute. But uh, one thing that, that somebody had mentioned in comments uh, that I, I'm not real familiar with is cold wallets. And they asked about that. And I was going to see if maybe you guys could touch on that a little bit. So I could, or, so maybe somebody could educate them. So is that, is that the hardware wallet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, it's just, an, it's just another name for a hardware wallet, man. Uh, a hot wallet is something like MetaMask. Uh, but yeah, the ledgers and stuff like that, they get referred to as, as a cold wallet. Interestingly, gents, you know, while we're talking, I'm, I'm, I've, I've brought Discord up and uh, another server that I've, I've gone uh, joined this week for a project called Bull Droids. Um, they've just shared an announcement of a scam that we mentioned last week going around, which is uh, a fake. Uh, a, and, and they're saying, be careful, we will never send you a DM, but there's a, a fake uh fake notification being sent around to members of that server saying our server is removing inactive members. If you want to stay on the Bull Droids Discord group, please verify your wallet with Collabland. And the link is then to api.collabland.zone. Um, and of course, yeah, this, is, you know, the this is... Just, this is and the creative spirit of scammers never ceases to amaze me in this space. It's it's almost remarkable um, how, how adept they are at at capitalizing off people's uncertainty. Um, anything else you want to add, Kid Art, before we wrap up today? Um, no, it, it was nice to be able to talk, guys, and uh, I really appreciate you guys doing this. It, it, like I said, talking to some parents and stuff really opened my eyes to how green some people can be to this and not be aware of the risks out there. And so I think it's real important to, if not highlight – each individual risk, at least let these parents know to start educating themselves that there are risks out there. For sure, man. I mean, you, at the end of the day, a year ago, pretty much, I, I, I would bet that almost everybody, if not everybody in this room right now, had no idea about any of this stuff, had no idea about OpenSea, Discord, possibly wasn't even on Twitter. Uh, you know, Jeremy and I are, are, are somewhat lucky in that regard that, you know, we have a background working in education, working in 
technology integration and and therefore e-safety online safety digital citizenship kind of stuff um so that you know did give us a uh an, an edge coming into this space to, to recognize some of these telltale signs that we've been you know me personally i've obviously been educating kids for the better part of two decades to avoid this kind of stuff um but yeah another week goes by jeremy and it's Again, it's some of the same old, same old. You know, some of this is the same scams that we were talking about last week, just rehashed in different ways. Some of it's stuff from last year that's being recycled. And we've got a sprinkling of new stuff, too. Yeah, there's um, only three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and NFT scams. That's that's it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, we will remain here prepared to share information pe- with people. I think we're going to keep our Saturday time. I like it. Um, and I think for people that are that are wanting to learn, it's a, it's a good time for people. We're going to have some other spaces on the Aspen side starting in the evening uh, in the next couple of weeks. Excited to bring you that information. But Steve, want to thank you for being a part of this. It's always great to, to hear your voice. And uh, you, you always do such a great job of sourcing out. Uh, your ear is so close to the ground with all of this stuff going on. I uh, really appreciate it. No worries, man. I'm just going to finish off just by saying one thing. <laughs> Again, I'm just as we're as we're wrapping up here. I'm going through uh, various servers, reading bits and pieces, and I've just read that apparently Ozzy Osbourne's Metabats has just been um, compromised today. Um, I would love it, absolutely love it. I don't know if you saw Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne's video for when they launched this project, but it was hilarious. Where Ozzy's using all the slang, Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne using all the slang. I would absolutely love it if Ozzy Osbourne put out a kind of PSA saying like don't click on links in 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 discord or something i think that would be genius i, I feel like we need him here let's let's make it happen <laughs> yeah all right buddy i will all speak right. to you next week hey i hope everyone has a great week thank you so much for spending some of your saturday morning or saturday evening depending on where you are in the world with steve and i we will be back same time next week to bring you the latest and greatest in nft scams for Aspen scam busters For now, it's uh, Dr. Jeremy signing off saying take care of yourselves and each other. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.